Hey all, and welcome back to the second part of our recorded live Beer 30 episode of the Upland Nomads. Don't forget that June, this month, is the last month to enter to win our Sharp Tail Hunt giveaway. To enter, all you have to do is become a patron on Patreon. I hope you enjoy this episode. The Upland Nomads are brought to you by Kuga Vest, a vest that provides serious protection for your dog. Fit and Fetch Outdoors, a CBD dog chew that is made to improve performance and decrease any unwanted stress on your dog's body. We are also brought to you by Mossy Oak Sport Dog, a line of products meant to keep your canine clean and clean smelling. Welcome to the Upland Nomads Podcast. Next, we're going to go with Travis. You want to introduce yourself? One second. All right. All right. I had to figure out how to unmute myself. <laughs> I thought he was going to pull a dip out. <laughs> I wish. All right. So, as for a gun, I've got a CZ 28 gauge. Uh, Travis, where are you coming from? Use. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm from uh, southwest Missouri, around the Springfield, Branson area, mm. nice. and I've got four bird, no, yeah, four bird dogs, uh, a uh, Brittany, a short hair, and two wire hairs. Yeah. You got them all. Are, are wire hairs categorized as a bird dog or a wolf? Mm -hmm. Oh, what was that? No, I mean, <laughs> I grew up with a draw hard. My dog had a draw hard growing up. There ain't a more cat killing dog out there. <laughs> you know, it, that's that's right. So the main reason for the for the wire hairs is I, I I do a lot of big game hunting, a lot of whitetail deer, and it's mainly for you know I I've. My little pup, she's two now, I guess, but she's been on like five or six deer tracks and been successful every time. Nice. And then we do, you know, here in Southwest Missouri, you know, I'm two, three hours away from any good bird hunting. And so we do quite a bit of rabbit hunting with that as well. Nice. Nice. I was but, just joking, dude. The, the wire hairs, dude, I'm a friend of mine, Ron Bame, says this, but I stole it. If I had an apocalypse situation, if I could keep one dog, it'd be a wire. Like, they're not afraid of anything, dude. Like, they're so, like, loyal to a fault. I love them. Oh, honestly. yeah. No, no, no. I, I I didn't take that anyway. I mean, you know. But, no, I really do like their uh, their versatility. I think as for a versatile dog, those wire hairs are where the money's at for that. Yeah, you can't beat them. You really can't beat them. I mean, my uncle had one growing up, and he was the best quail dog, but then he could, like you said, run rabbits. He could trail a deer. He could fight a coyote, bay a pig. Like, he just had yeah. no fear. Super intelligent. Yeah, yeah. They make you really earn it, too, yeah. Well, it just fits my style of hunting. And, you know, I've got a couple other, you know, the short hair in the Britain, four birds, and, you know, my wire hair, she, uh, you know, she 
ranges and points with the rest of them. You know, she's probably at max probably two hundred yards, but you know, really a a bootlicker either. So yeah, yeah, they're great dogs, so, man. Travis, how old are your dogs? Um, my Brittany, he is four. And then I went kind of crazy, kind of caught the bug after that. And I've got a wire hair that's two, a short hair that's at eight months, and then another wire hair that's four or five months. I say, and your short hair got was pretty sick, wasn't it? That and she's doing fine now. Oh yeah. Well, I thought she had parvo, but I don't know the vet couldn't really nail it down, but she, from what I can put together, she either ate too much cow shit or <laughs> maybe, maybe stole one of my, uh, Zins. that's a short hair. But, hey, I have all short hair. That's a short hair. Yeah. That's a short hair. <laughs> Dude, I just let my, Stop. right before I got on, I let my, my two-year-old short hair out of the box. Like I thought he had to pee, right? He was wanting to let him out of the box and dude, he went right to eat deer shit. I mean, <laughs> Like he was I mean, feeding for it. <laughs> well, and like I don't, we don't really know for a fact, but yeah, that's the reason why I had to mute and go offline there for a little bit. I had to go run the dogs. I just got home from work when I saw the message on Instagram, and it's like, hey man, you should get on. <laughs> <laughs> but, I was gonna guess Southeast Missouri because all the white tails on the back wall, either that or Kansas. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Well, that's part of the whole reason why I got into upland is because, I mean, as much as I like hunting deer, to buy a tag anywhere else but being a resident, you know, it about break the bank. Yeah, yeah. that's what got me. I've always loved bird dogs. I don't mean to hijack you. I love just to talk with other bird hunters, and I've never met you guys. So, but yeah, that's what got me into bird hunting. Was like, man, I was a big game guy. I grew up game hunting was like you put in for every state costing you hundreds of dollars maybe to get one every three years and it's like and then your yeah. hunt's over and your whole season's over with one pull of the trigger it's like man you know bird hunting it's like it goes sure. all, you know, all all winter long keep you busy and then you like to rabbit hunt dude that's something that i really want to get into my buddy from kentucky grew up with breeding beagles for rabbit hunting and uh, hunting like all the way from Kentucky down to Memphis, down into like the swamp rabbit territory, and like just a whole little like culture that I really want to get into, man. It seems like a ton of fun. Well, and it sucks because historically this is a pretty good, used to be a pretty good quail spot, but you know we're right on the edge of prairie and the Ozark Mountains, yeah. so it's kind of a little a special little habitat right on the edge of really good hunting, but. They just, you know. Yeah, I used to guide not far. It's not far there anymore. Yeah. yeah. I used to guide in southeast Kansas, uh, Fall River, where that's that small oh, yeah. town, not far. And they said the same thing about Bob White's that back, like, in the 60s and 70s, there were Bob White's on every fence row. But now, you know, you don't really see that. I saw, I found a few wild cubbies here and there, you know, tucked off way deep. But, you know, not really. I mean, that's kind of the story across the country, right? That's, like, you know, why all of us travel different states because – you're searching for that, you know, the last lost strongholds of wild birds and wild places. And to extend the season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Extend your season, yeah. I mean, that's why I guide. I mean, 
one dog. Hey, all you boys in North Dakota and Montana are in a very special place. You know, I've hunted around, and actually, I'm, I'm kidding. It sucks. Go to Northwest <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> I changed my no, mind. No comments. It's true, man. I mean, like, it's not really like people always talk about spot it's not, or whatever. It's not a, it's not a hidden, it's not a secret. Or yeah, it's not a secret anymore. Yeah, you see no, it on I started to blow it up on everybody's Facebook page. Yeah, I saw I mean, a shooting. bill that Montana is getting ready to change their non-resident hunting out there. Yeah, the bill I mean, that was they're introduced. Gonna, they're going to go right into what North Dakota does, which is you can have two seven-day periods as a non-resident. You can hunt for fourteen days. And what I tell everyone is like everyone wants to get upset about it, but guys come out here and hunt for more than 14 days in a season right maybe maybe five percent of the guys who are non-residents yeah. come out here for 14 days most guys dogs can't last more than two or three um you know that's the reality of it residents here get kind of upset because like a guy like me i'm not from here i moved here and like you know it's you know it's, not residents don't kind of like that right they don't want to, have to compete with non-residents everywhere same you know louisiana for duck hunting arkansas for duck hunting you know, Kansas for deer hunting, anywhere else you want to go. But, I mean, realistically, most guys are coming from out of state. Who cares? I mean, 14 days. Are you going to hunt here for more than 14 days? I doubt it. I mean, even for a season. It's really to keep guys. I mean, the reason North Dakota does it right is to keep the guys from Minnesota and Wisconsin, you know, all those close states from coming, you know, multiple trips a year and, and, and taking all the opportunities for, you know, residents. But, you know. It's like wolves, dude. Everyone likes to blame everything on the non-residents and wolves and, you know, predators. And it's just something to blame. I mean, it's just, you know, there's plenty of space out there for all of us to share, you know? Yeah. In my opinion, what, who am I? I'm an idiot. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I got right, a book no, out, that's guys. good. That's good. Like <laughs> well, then I got a book yeah. out. Yeah, sorry. I got to leave early, guys. I tried to move stuff around and jump on. But nice to meet all you guys. And- Nice to meet you. Thanks for talking. Hey, Alex. Nice to meet you too. Oh, yeah, it's great to meet on. you. Have a good yeah, night. Nice Absolutely. Maybe see you guys in the field this fall. For sure. Yeah. All right. See you, boys. Have a good one. See ya. See ya. All right, Travis. Let's get into your stuff here. All right. So, at, for uh, shotgun, I've got the CZ Bob White 28, and more shoot it. I picked it up a year and a half ago, and the more I shoot shoot it, the more I like that caliber for just about everything. Right. You know, I'm kind of in, as you can tell, I'm kind of into utility, and that that gun is just right there in the slot. Nice. Side trouble. Yeah. Come again. The side by side or the over under? It's the side by side. Yeah. Um, you guys talked about tents, and I actually picked up a uh, one of those uh, like overleaning tents that fit on top of the truck that fold out, hmm. and that was kind of nice. Last year, I did you know I went so to Montana. Oh, it was awesome until it was like ninety three one night, but. <laughs> Hey, you slept, you slept through the Northern Lights, so that's... Yeah, that was a little pissed about that. That's a sore subject. Yeah. Huh? It, 
it did fine. I mean, I can sleep through a hurricane, honestly. I mean, so it's it's probably uh, the one I've got is probably a little bit louder because it's a soft shell as opposed to a hard shell. But, I mean, I don't have any problems with it. You were talking earlier, um, Wyatt, about – Tyler Sladen set up and he has an over one of those over the yeah. over the bed over the bed tents and he swears by it. He says it's great. I think he just got his maybe from the last six months, but still, I mean that's something that I've looked into, you know. Well, as far you... you know, I've went on like three trips this year that I used it and right now the price that I paid for it compared to what I would have like on average like sixty dollars a day or a night in a motel, I'm, you know, I'm right there with it. So the more trips I get out of it, you know, I'll be more pays for itself. Right. Yeah, exactly. And the the convenience of just setting up, you know, like granted I was in a camp spot, but you know, you can go to BLM and, you know, just pitch tent or whatever, throw that thing up. I mean, there's something to that, right. Being able to just like, Right where you're going to hunt the next morning, not to worry about, you know, driving an hour, you know, to get oh, somewhere exactly. in the morning, set up right there first, you know, especially early season. You guys know early season, you're trying to get out there, you know, right when the sun's starting to peak up so you can get as much hunting in as you can before the sun gets to its highest point, right? And it gets too hot in the day for the dogs. So, I mean, if you can be right there, you know, not have to waste that time. Well, and shoot, like last year out in, or this year out in Kansas, I, uh, my transmission broke down and I was just stranded. I somehow linked it up to a, to a mechanic and he let me stay the night there in that tent, you know, is yeah. probably the best use I've got out of it. Cause I was yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I'm just wondering why you weren't staying in that camper when you're out in Montana. Dude, I could hear them boys snoring from outside the tent. <laughs> <laughs> I had a roommate my, my first year of college baseball. I had a roommate, and dude, he had yeah. sleep apnea. If I didn't fall asleep before him, dude, it was over. <laughs> hey, don't worry, I got that. Yeah. <laughs> I just got. Uh, I just got a machine, so. Yeah, I was gonna say one for gun? twenty years. The top, the top gun machine. Yeah, with Wyatt, it doesn't matter if you fall asleep first; it's still over. You're waking up multiple times. <laughs> You think That's someone's gonna be old... chopping down a tree near you? <laughs> <laughs> He's in there sucking in his upper lip, inhaling the upper lip. I <laughs> say the the wife's happy that I got a machine. Now she can sleep next to me. That's good shit. You can pretend you're uh, Tom Cruise too with the. <laughs> right, just stop me on Maverick here. <laughs> a little role play, role play action going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what we like. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Dark bear bang. <laughs> no, the worst is the freaking. So I don't count my dogs at night. They just kind of get free range of the house. Well, I always fall asleep on the couch. And my youngest one will freaking sleep through the night. I've never had a problem. Like, first night we brought him home, we slept all through the night in his kennel. And, uh, but my oldest one. COVID dog. Um never was with, never without us. 
he'll come up at like two or three o'clock in the morning and start crying. It's like the most <laughs> athletic dog I've ever seen. Like he'll jump over anything, jump over a couch, can't jump into bed. It's like, dude, why wake me up? And I wasn't the one that wanted you in the bed. Your mother freaking brought you in the bed when I was out in South Dakota turkey hunting for a week. <laughs> dude, that my best, my best short hair, dude, she's all go. I mean, all go. And my fiance, I mean, she loved her to death. And I'd come home one day and she's got her in the bed with her. Next day I went to, to go out hunting, open the door. I said, come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. And she's looking at me out of the bed like, no, there's a better mm-hmm. life for me. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. I don't know if you guys have Cocker Spaniels. My Cocker Spaniel, if you leave him in the house and give him a free run, two in the morning. He's right there. You know, not... <laughs> Michael's got the Cocker. Yeah, she's up there. She's definitely no uh... – she's not a dog you want to sleep in the bed with you because she's not going to sleep. She's just going to run around the whole time. They want, do they want she's to be she's right running there. over your face, running over your legs. All of a sudden, she's laying on top of your head Mike. for five seconds, and then she moves. <laughs> How old's your Cocker, Mike? Uh, two years. Oh, nice. nice. Yep. I just got my first one last year. I didn't – I had always kind of written them off, you know. I'm like, dude, who needs a little, you know, purse dog to hunt with? And I got my first one. I have two now. And they're they're really – dude, they, they, they steal your heart, man. They really do. Yeah. She's not uh, big enough to really uh, pick up a pheasant, but she'll find them and just sit next to them. <laughs> so if I can find her, I can find the bird. <laughs> See, I've got a male, and then I've got a female now, and she's, I mean, she's, like, she's, like, maybe five months old, but my male, dude, he's all go. I mean, he'll swim across the Milk River, he do it all, and she's a little bit different. I can already tell, like, she's a little bit kind of different with the temperament, yep. but uh, they're they're incredible dogs, man. I really kind of wrote them off because of their size, and, you know, I grew up, my mom had shih tzus growing up in Maltese's and stuff like that, and I'm like, dude, who needs a toy purse dog with a bird dog, and I'll tell you what, man, like... <clears throat> My favorite day hunting last season was after the first snow of the year, we went out when the sun came out and took the cocker out pheasant hunting and shot a lemon over him. And it was probably my favorite hunt of the year. Just watching the, the little dog kind of work and hit cover and work the river bottom, something a little different, you know, but they really do kind of steal your heart, man. With all the, you know, kind of like a little running back and kind of runs through all the linebackers, you know, you kind of you know, steal your heart, the underdog, you know? Yep. <laughs> Travis. Back to me. Yeah, what do you what do you got? You only got them through one thing, two things. All right. So as for the best, I've got, you know, down here's the Bass Pro uh Bass Pro headquarters. So I've just got good old Bass Pro. I think it's actually I think it's a Cabela's instinct, which Bass Pro owns Cabela's now. Which yeah, they're not a bad best. Did I hear a boo? <laughs> Dude, I love Cabela's. I just felt like when they went to Bass Pro, they kind of lost a little bit what made them. They know, did. They world, did. The world's <laughs> foremost. They, it, it probably did, but, you know, it's because, uh, you know, Bass Pro's king. Hey. No, they got, I, they got a pyramid, dude. I, they got a pyramid. Yeah. <laughs> Shields is king. Well, all right. I, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> Honestly, I, I'm the worst person. Like that's like the probably the most like plush thing I wear because usually it's a uh, flannel and I get these nice uh, Walmart Wranglers. They're they're kind of stretchy and that's oh, usually yeah. what I wear hunting. Hey, those pants are actually really nice. 
they are. It's, it's, especially when it comes to uh, – I'm getting a phone call. God dang it. <laughs> you can buy those um, at Tractor Supply too, you know. Can you? <laughs> I haven't well, seen I them in the- this one. I forget that we have a tractor supply. Joe, are you sitting in a lawn chair right now? <laughs> I'm sitting in a wood rocking chair here. <laughs> Joe, you must be upper management. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> this this is Joe's quiet fun, this is Joe's fun money. Yeah. That's pretty uh pretty cush right there. <laughs> Travis, I forget you whether we have look- a tractor supply. Most of those white tails you got, Travis, are shot with the archery equipment or rifle hunter mostly? Um, that one was nice a rifle two years ago. That was a rifle three years ago. That That's a nice buck a, right there. Yeah, he's a big eight. He That one was a bow. And then that one was an accident rifle. But <laughs> there's some nice ain't mad about man. it. I you grew up in it. southeast Missouri? Yeah, southwest Missouri. Um, yeah, that's Go born cheese. and raised. Uh, exactly. No. Yeah, <laughs> coming to the guy in the Raiders hat. <laughs> I already knew that you said you said Missouri. I was like, oh no. I t- I'll tell oh, you yeah. what. <laughs> I stopped in Kansas City last year on my way down to Georgia to get some barbecue, and I took my writer hat and put it in the center console and closed it. That's still my, my girlfriend. That's my probably a good idea. Hey, my fiance said, why are you doing that? So I don't want them to spit in our food. <laughs> all right. Well, you can keep Jack. You can keep Jackson. That's all right. How's that Super Bowl flag look? Oh, man. Hey, I will say with all your guys, with all your guys' success, welcome to the welcome welcome to the adult table for the Super Bowls. Yeah, finally. That's all right. We'll we'll keep our kickers and uh, in Minnesota, you guys can have the championships. We just we get our hopes up every year. I tell you what, you guys in Minnesota got rid of your kicker, and we took him for the Raiders, and he's made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, fuck you guys. I say, Zimmer didn't give him a chance. Missed five field goals against Green Bay, and everybody wanted to kill him. I think so. One of my one of my buddies is Tyler Webster, and he lives in Stanley, North Dakota, and he's a big Vikings fan. And when I lived with him for a while, I used to tell him, "I said, man, I said I'm a Raider fan, but at least I'm not a Vikings fan." I don't know what's much better. I mean, one's the last time. All you know is Vikings fans, man. We're loyal. Yeah, we are loyal. I love the yeah, announcer. What's his name? The the Vikings announcer for the Paul radio. Allen. He's hilarious. Paul oh, I love that guy, dude. PA on the mic. <laughs> He's definitely like the probably the best like radio host. Football yeah, host. Good. <clears throat> Travis, yeah. working the wire hairs. Um, do you ever? I don't mean, but do you ever get like whether they're a little bit dog aggressive towards other dogs and they kind of cause you a little bit of a headache? I haven't seen that yet. We'll see with my male. He's a little bit bolder than my mm-hmm. female. My female, she is, I, I, I mean, she's about as docile of a dog that you can get, I mean, when it comes to just bomb proof. But, uh, no, 
she shows no aggression whatsoever to any yeah. other dog. I mean, she's pretty pretty easy going. But like I said, we'll yeah. see with this male. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, I mean, <clears throat> kind of. I'll be honest. That's what kind of steered me. I grew up with short hairs and wire hairs, and you, know, you can get a dog that's kind of wonky in any breed, you know, lab, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, the wire hairs were like the males just particularly were a little bit harder to kind of have two males or have like a, you know, more than one male in a kettle. Um, well, I, I have found, yeah. but I'm cu- I'm curious to see because I know the breed is progressing and especially coming to the States, you know, they're kind of trying to work that out of them or whatever. But just like having yeah. multiple dogs for me as a guide, like kind of like looking at like, can I get a dog that will cooperate and work with, with um, you know, a cocker retrieving and, and stealing, you know, cocker you may know go up and sometimes take a bird out of another dog's mouth and i had a, a wire hair that i worked with quite a bit down in georgia and he was a great dog but he would not work with a cocker it just wouldn't really <clears throat> kind of jive you know he was a great dog and i love working him and i you know even offered to take him bring him up here with me to montana and kind of working with you know on some waterfowl and some cold weather situations but i don't know i really want to kind of i want to eventually and i'm kind of leaning towards the female side though because i feel like they're a little bit easier to deal with I mean, my experience with them that, I mean, my, my female's great. That's why I got another one and I ended up getting one, oh, out of Oklahoma, but it came from his, both of his parents were, were from uh, bone, bone point there in Oregon. Yep. yep. I think that's that and Jeff uh, Funky out of Idaho. He has some really good dogs. Yeah. The bone, uh, the bone point, right? Well, yeah, that's Jelly Cobes or Kelly Jobs. Sorry, I'm dyslexic. God dang dogs, they're driving me nuts here. I'm right I'm there sorry. with you, dude. <laughs> and Kelly Jobs, and then Jeff Funky. He runs the Versatile Hunting Dog Federation. He uh, has some really good dogs out in Idaho because I used to uh, do some big game guiding in Eastern Oregon and then just I have the bird dogs yeah. with me so I kind of do bird dog stuff while I was out there on my free time and he was actually a guy Jeff was a guy who I was looking at getting possibly a female from um, at some point really nice I dogs mean, dude get on that wire hair alliance and pretty much any of them breeders you know I I don't think you could go any wrong yeah yeah Say, so, yeah, Travis, I was going to ask, do you run any of your wires through the uh, JGHV, that German testing? No, because I think that is actually, and I don't know this for a fact, but I'm pretty sure that's uh, specific to Drothar, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. But I train with the, with those guys, and, you know, especially when it comes to the tracking portion of, like, NABDA, mm-hmm. they have some pretty good – Inside on the on the tracking, you run NABDA quite a bit, John. Yep, I do. I it's something for me to do in the off season because it gets pretty dang hot down here, and so to run a dog for a couple hours, you know, when it's ninety five degrees, it's not ideal. So a weekend to go actually go train, pretty beneficial. Yeah, that's something that I'm just dipping my toe into. <clears throat> I did NAVDA years ago with my oldest short hair. Um, 
really from you know Ron Bain from the Hunting Dog Podcast was a friend of mine who kind of really pushed me in that direction. Yeah, and it was it was it was cool, dude. It was something like I said to do in the off season, like you were just talking about, and then just this last this off season, really right now, I'm kind of dipping my toe into the field trial and world and kind of the hunt test world with some of my younger short hairs, and uh, you know it's something like a guy like me who played college sports coming up mm-hmm. with something funny or you're a little bit competitive with it and I think as long as you kind of keep in mind that it's like it's pain to practice with your dogs you know and not getting too oh yeah uh, caught up in the competitiveness of it it's it's fun man and Navda for me like you know I feel like you're the you know from listening to you you're probably the same way like a dog that can do everything like retrieve in water retrieve on land you know point flush the whole nine you know before I had cockroach I used my hair to flush too and I'm sure there's some people out there who are you know, hear that and pull their hair out but <clears throat> and before I had a flushing dog you know I was hunting wild birds there was you know there was times where I had to use my my pointer to flush on a verbal release and you know for me like a, a dog like a wire hair a dog that I'm interested in because like you said it can do everything literally everything from from the start of the season in September to the end of the season in late January February you can use that dog and yeah they're, they're they hold yeah. a special place in my heart my uncle had one growing up and and he was a Drothar from Germany and like you know he didn't particularly like kids or cats but he was a great bird dog you know yeah so that's, that's we stick with what we know so hey. we just <laughs> we gotta get uh, the German dogs so hey, cars and bird dogs the Germans do them right man yeah well, I got a she- Chevy right. so I got American <laughs> <laughs> Well, and like like with Navda, I like that. You know, it it's you against the standard as opposed opposed to like running in a brace. You know, and I don't know that versatile hunting dog federation. That's something I'm pretty interested in as well, because it's a it's like Navda, but it's based kind of like Navda, but it has more more qualifications to it yeah where it actually goes on on the standard of the dog for whatever it's running yeah i mean that's like the the shoot to retrieve right it's kind of the same like a buddy of mine runs that i think it's called nux i want to say don't don't quote me on that but he likes it because again the dog has to retrieve the hand it's not just you know point you know hold point till it's you know asked to, to not hold point anymore pretty much you know it's like the whole hunting yeah. scenario you know which i think is kind of lost in the akc field trial in my opinion yeah i don't that's something i don't know much about is the no. field trial anything else you got gear wise travis you want to uh nothing to ride home of about I shoot super X's and I've got a pair of Danner boots that I've had for three years. So they do all right. Right. Pretty much should make those for everything. We should make that a country song, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I feel like it's tough. What's that? We got uh, quite a few guys on here and I think like everything's been covered, but if you got whatever you got, just tell us. So, what about in the tree stand, Travis? Was something you will not leave home without to go into the tree stand or deer hunt? Uh, I mean, release little little <laughs> Debbie cakes are pretty good. Nice. <laughs> maybe a maybe a 
couple fireball shooters to keep you warm. But nice. I mean, <laughs> does it even get cold in like Missouri? <laughs> you know what? It got down to like I want to say one night it got down to negative eighteen this winter, and oh, it stayed. Geez, I feel so. That's a that's a nice summer day here. <laughs> well, it's been eighty here for the past two weeks. So. Okay, shut up. All right, next yeah. question. <laughs> hey, Travis, were those uh, fireball shooters what caused that one deer someday. in their background there to be a accident rifle deer? You just missed the one you're aiming at and hit that one? No, but that one is because I got cold. I mean, it's, not, it's mounted on the wall. It's not a bad deer, but it was it wasn't one Travis, probably. I can tell you, Travis, I can tell you this. It let it go, let it grow. <laughs> yeah. hey, Kenny would have been, 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 yeah. been a great one next year. That's what. Right. No matter the size, it's that would have been a great one next year. That's that's all right. We're from Minnesota. They shoot everything. So I think if yeah. where I'm from, if you see a fork, you're like, holy shit, that's a big one. <laughs> I have a buddy. He's from Michigan. North, His dad North has Dakota. all all eight points. Or spikes on the wall. I shit you not. <laughs> it's eight points and spikes all the way across the wall. He calls it the Spork and Spoon Club. Spork and Spoon Club. Is that right? Yeah. I'm drunk. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Minnesota's about as bad as it gets. So when I was I a mean, kid coming to Montana, it's an, you know it was the slogan was if it's brown, it's down. That's all it is in Minnesota, especially when you can shoot like five deer. I mean, it ain't very far from here. I mean, I'm just we have some ground that we lease that have really big bucks right there. Boy, it's about it's in big buck country. Yeah. You're in you're in I mean, when I worked in southeast Kansas, I would go out scouting for waterfowl and you know, you'd just be in some back row in the middle of nowhere and you wouldn't believe the stuff that would walk out of the you know, out of the woods. I'm talking about, oh, I saw yeah. an eight point. I saw an eight point that would have, would have made book. I mean, and that's just, cra- where I come from, that's crazy. You know, that's just crazy to think about. You know, I, I grew up hunting black-tailed deer, which, you know, one, I think 130 is book, and you're walking out there in Kansas and seeing 180-inch white-tailed deer, which is, you know, blows your mind. <clears throat> I know you're yeah, right. But they're always on private. That's true. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Plenty of stink goats out there, though. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> talking about stink goats. Talking about antelope? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, out here in Montana, it's crazy. I can't believe you have to even draw for them. There's so many, but <clears throat> I guess there's a couple bad winners out here that kind of knock them down in the dirt, but yeah. That's not, I know Wyoming, you can get them, like, cheap as shit over-the-counter tag. Like, 20, to, like I think yeah. it's, like, 15, 20 bucks, I think. I, yeah, it used to be. I know you could get a doe tag for like 20 bucks over the counter. I mean, when I was in college, I had some roommates playing baseball, and I told them I faked sick for a week from fall ball. <laughs> I went out to Wyoming and killed a doe antelope. I was like, we're eating for a month, boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else you got, Travis? I can't think of anything. All right. All right. All right, Ashley. I mean, Cody. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> so, name is Cody Tilk. I'm coming from Adel, Iowa. Um, 
Is that so, in yeah, uh is that in Southwest? No, no. So it's more more central. Um, Northwest. Before too long, it's basically gonna be like a suburb of Des Moines because basically every town on bordering Des Moines is basically just blowing out, and so it's just growing crazy fast around here. How far are you from the Field of Dream? Ooh, probably about an hour. Probably about an hour, fifteen minutes. Yeah, say pretty much I, I pass the eggs every time because um, so I, I run a NAVDA too, and our uh, training grounds are just south of that pretty much. So every time I turn on the eggs, I, I, I turn left and go to the Field of Dreams, I turn right and go to my Field of Dreams. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Since we're, since we're on baseball movies, how, how far away is Norway, Iowa? Norway? Um, yeah. Um, I want to say it's about an hour and a half. I feel like. In Iowa, you can basically get anywhere in the state in about like an hour, an hour and a half. My buddy played baseball at William Penn, which I think is on the west side of the state, I want to say. William Penn, uh, that's more on the east side. Uh, east so side, I played, okay. I played college basketball for um, Iowa Wesleyan University, and William Penn was in our okay. conference. Yep, yep. He told me one Michael, time. I, <laughs> Michael, what did you play for? Huh? I played uh, – oh, I'm sorry. Oh, There's that Michael. Michaels, There's sorry. two Michaels. Sorry, got confused. <laughs> Go ahead. I was like, I wasn't even talking. What? No, I'm kidding. I, I played for a couple of small NAI schools, and then the only school of note that I played for was uh, St. Mary's College of California. Yeah, okay. no clue. Yeah, yeah there's nothing wrong. Really, more known for like uh, basketball, they make the, the tournament every year for basketball. They're in the West Coast Conference, so yeah. pretty good baseball conference. I mean, Pepperdine, Long Beach State, Cal State Fullerton. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, I mean, I I ran out of talent about sophomore year of college. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with NAIA schools, right? No, no. I mean, dude. I mean, that's that got me. My I played in NAI. Yep. I played D two baseball, so nice. fancy guy. <laughs> NC the boy. Wow. Yeah. Oh, drug tested. There's whoa, drug testing. Man. Hey, we always oh, got threatened to, for drug tests. It's never happened. <laughs> likeness was not uh not a thing <laughs> play that there. Game. my brother plays for the cardinals oh, oh, there you go play. hey oh, oh, there you go. go you got beat <laughs> let's say i gotta hit up hey just so you guys know i gotta hit off a guy that pitched for the twins the other day against the yankees and he struck out uh aaron judge so yeah man oh, that's awesome so, he also okay. gave up a, he also gave up hey, a home run to Looky Judge, here, but... we're all just sitting here having a good time talking about baseball now. Right, yep, hey. <laughs> that's what we're kind of hoping with this thing. We're just hoping it just goes somewhere. Look, man, I'm you know, just one time you. I hit a baseball. That was a pretty cool story. <laughs> T-ball. Nothing harder, nothing yeah, T-ball. harder to do in athletics than hit a baseball. Round bat with a round ball. I'll say this as a retired baseball player: golf is a lot harder to hit a ball straight. Okay, dude, my dad's a professional golfer. Fuck that shit, dude. <laughs> Excuse my language, <laughs> but dude, I'm not going anywhere near a golf club. <laughs> you, Sorry, know Corey, getting, about, you know what Mark Twain said about? You know what Mark Twain said about? We're getting off on a tangent here, but oh no, it's all good. We're on a dog Mark leg, right? refill. The, what are you drinking yeah, there, anyway? Oh, uh, I got screwball. Oh man, there you go. Peanut butter? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, classy. Pretty much is always either screwball or uh, bird dog peanut butter. Cody, did you grow up in uh, uh in Iowa or are you transplant? Yep, I'm born and raised. School fashion Iowa boy. 
All right. We'll yeah. get back Born to in a town, uh, Atlantic, Iowa, and then basically just uh, say I grew up in Stewart, Iowa, so which is basically just east of that, about 40 minutes. And then uh, my fiance and I, we own a house here in Adel. So. Okay. My old man used to go out there and deer hunt and pheasant hunt. And then the gentleman who we used to pheasant hunt with, and then the population crashed, I think, for a while because they had a real hard, tough winter, maybe. Yeah, we got hit by a couple really nasty, like, whiteout blizzards, and it just essentially kind of just, it was just really hard on the populations back in the day, um, but luckily through, you know, Pheasants Forever and the DNR chapters and everything, it's, and also to being blessed with some really good, uh, mild springs, really nice um, winters for the most part, you know, population has just been booming. Nice. Not not gonna sugarcoat it, no. but my dad always tells me back in his his glory days, the golden golden age. Uh, I mean, back when he was in high school, he literally just after school hop on out and just road hunt the ditches and get his limo with no bird dogs. Uh, there was a town called um, Greenfield, Iowa, back in the day. Which now, if you go hunt there, you'd, you'd be lucky if you see maybe one or two. But they would just yeah. basically walk waterways and they would have no problem. But you find the. It was the winters that, that crashed the population, or do you find there were other factors? Uh, I would say the winters were really harsh back in the days when I was growing up, and I personally think that was probably a big, huge part of it. Um, also, too, predators would probably be another factor, too. Uh, back yeah. in the day, um, you used to get a lot more money through pelts. Um, yeah. It's not so much anymore now, so I think that's kind of dialed things back. Um, but, yeah, I'd say winters and then predators probably be the biggest thing. Yeah. But no, so we've, Cody, we've been blessed. Got, Cody, I know you got dogs, so yeah. So um I actually uh, I train and breed Vishlas. So I run red dogs. Nice. I just ran a, a hunt test with a Vishla club. Gorgeous dog, man. I mean, like I I'm actually surprised you don't see more of them kind of spattered about the country. Yeah. And the weird thing is I feel like whenever you get a dog breed, you start seeing more and more people having them out all of a sudden. Um yeah. But like no, vehicles. so we, we had our first litter this past summer. We had um, eight pups. We had seven boys and one girl. Um, I kept the one female because my whole goal is I want to continue the breeding and everything, the line and everything. Um, yeah. And you're going to sell all the boys. Um, so we sold all the boys, but then my fiance fell in love with the runt male. And uh, well, soon I'm going to be saying the phrase happy wife, happy life. And so now we have four dogs in our house. Yeah. Yeah, we do have one spaniel in our house that's the um the non-athletic kind let's put it that way <laughs> king charles cavalier so <laughs> he's he's definitely got a personality let's, let's put it that way one thing i hear a lot off the vishla is that they're pretty heat resistant <clears throat> yeah uh say my my main girl bella she's five years old she's my workhorse um she's the type of dog where i can put on the ground, she's the first dog get the first dog in, last dog out every time. Um, yeah. Doesn't matter if it's too hot out. I mean, she'll she's all gas, no brakes. Um, even if it's super cold out, like uh, why and I talked about it in the, the last episode that we did, um, how well Vishal's doing cold. I mean, it's I mean we were hunting when it was basically zero degrees with a twenty mile an hour wind wind chill of yeah. negative ten. She was still hunting, no problem. So yeah. As a guy who runs short hairs, I feel like the long coat thing is kind of, I'm not going to say it's overdone, you know, because there are yeah. situations where, like, I won't run my short hairs in the cold, especially when it comes to water. But, mm -hmm. dude, when a dog's running full speed and it's hunting, it's not. Oh, yeah. Dude, it's... it could be negative 15. I mean, it's, they're, they're, they're running so hot and they're running full speed. I feel like 
as long as when you put them up, you know, you have a place where they're they're warm, you know, and they can kind of stay warm. I feel like it's a, yeah, yeah, it's, they're all work, all work in business, no play. I mean, as far as how we do it, um, but no, say I've been incredibly blessed. Um, so Bella, uh, we kind of had a rough start when I first got her. So she kind of like I think Travis mentioned earlier, Parvo. Um, she actually developed Parvo after only having her for a week. And I was just heartbroken because this is my first gun dog. Wow. And, you know, I was super ready to just, you know, get after it with her. And, you know. What age did she get Parvo? Uh, what was that? What age did she get Parvo? Sorry, I'm trying to slur my Oh, so she was eight <laughs> weeks old when I got her. So she would have been about nine, nine and a half weeks old. And survived. Nice, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. I went, I went through that with one of my short hairs at six months. And it, yeah, was, it was pretty rough because my daughter, she's a big, fat, plump puppy. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I got it from a breeder, uh, a backyard breeder in Harlan. Uh, he's buddies with Shapin's Bichlas. Um, she comes from a rebel rouser bloodline. But yeah, I brought her back home. And next thing you know, she just wasn't eating. I was trying to do everything I could. And she just lost weight crazy fast. And the vet said yeah. she, after I took her in for testing and everything, she had like 25% chance of surviving. And yeah. luckily, mm -hmm. she pulled through. So my whole family has dubbed her the nickname Parvo Puppy. I mean, dude, I had a, I had a short hair at six months, got it and lived but it, <clears throat> it cost some money and it was touch and go but i watched it rip through a kennel dude and kill i mean i don't know i'm gonna name how many dogs but i watched parvo kind of rip through especially the smaller breeds of dogs you know it kind of yeah. rips through them pretty quick dude so to see that she made it through eight weeks is good for you man uh, good for you no i mean <clears throat> she was phenomenal i mean she took super well to training um, oftentimes i find myself only having to go through a couple of reps till it was just she got it down packed yeah, uh, came very easy to training, and you know we were off in our first season. I mean, everybody always like always replays that in their head when they got their first bird or their first bird dog, and like that yeah. never, I'll never forget yeah. that. Um, yeah. But eventually, you know, I just after you know so, so many seasons, and like I knew I had something here, and so that's why I want to get her bred, and so that's actually where um, yeah. I first met. Well, I saw Wyatt and Michael. Um, they were talking to my buddy, um, the Iowa Bird Chaser. Um, Chris Martin. Yeah. And, okay. um, well, I ran into a buddy there who. Hey, hey uh, Cody. I know we've been drinking a little bit, but it's Nick Martin. I'm oh, sorry, Nick Martin. Chris. Yeah. I'm about, I'm about a half <laughs> off. Three ball right here. I didn't yeah. want to correct, but. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Hey, I'm the grammar police, all right? <laughs> That's fine. Somebody's got to keep me in line here, huh? Right. Hey, all right, Ashley. My, my, southern, my southern Iowa roots are not <laughs> Uh, um but yeah so I, I ran into a guy his name is um doug wyman who owns um crimson uh, meadows vishlas over in central city i was so far eastern iowa and uh him and i just kind of hit it off right off the bat and he had a stud dog um named wrangler who is the direct son of ck touchdown guy um he has essentially 20 total titles to his name um oh, nice. national gun dog of the year um so it's a vishla too nice yeah mm -hmm. so we we essentially got him linked up and everything and one thing lets another we had our first litter and here we are yeah i ran a i used to run navida with a guy in southern california who had a vishla i think firestorm duke was his name he became a virtual champion through mm -hmm. navda maybe yeah. the first probably the first vishla that i saw where i was like oh sh you know shoot man this is like a and then I, you know being partly from italian heritage you know a dog from kind of mm -hmm. the homeland. It's kind of cool to see. And then running the hunt test again, I saw some pretty nice ones down here. And I was down in central Florida running that hunt test. But yeah, yeah. I mean, 
Dude, I mean, if you're into bird dogs, right? Like watching any dog go out point is just incredible, and seeing that that auburn color, you know, kind mm-hmm. of streak through the field. Is, is yeah, that, that's the one. That's the one complaint I will have about beach is man, as you're going through the, the grass, they're not wearing like an orange vest or an orange collar or a paint collar of some kind. Yeah, you're, you're gonna lose sight of them quick. I wrote a black short hair in the in the piney woods of Georgia. Trust me, in the late afternoon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Same thing, dude. You get a dog on point, you can't tell where he's at. Yep. I say that's what the cattails too. You can't can't even oh, see yeah. over them. Well, yeah. you get a short hair in there, and you yep. can't. No, I need a, uh, need a few guys get a little cup. English cocker, a little field midget, just to run through the underneath <laughs> the cattails and everything. That's <laughs> why you know yeah. those, those cockers they run five feet in front of you, and you can't see them in the cattails. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> they just, they I mean, just get lost. <laughs> so Tyler Webster flyer was back. <laughs> yeah, Tyler Webster was the first guy who I hunted with who ran a beeper collar and like hunting with him and the cattails of North Dakota and those cattails lose like you have to have either a GPS collar or, or a beeper collar. Otherwise you have a dog on point and you'll have no idea that that's so not where think, that dog's at. <clears throat> I think of him right. Tyler goes from like, he run, I know he's sponsored by dog truck, but I think he runs like a, a Garmin GPS collar and then he switches over to a T and B. You know, I can't really comment on what Tyler runs now. Uh, <laughs> when I first met Tyler, like we were both like, just guys who hunted and uh dude tyler has blown up his podcast like out of all my friends he is like the guy who like i'm the most proud to say that like uh, i spent some time i lived with him for a little bit and when i was with him like we we both ran dog trails and he ran a dog for beaver collar and the guys that we hunted with from michigan the upper up who are friends of ron bame they ran like beaver collars with the but i can't i can't comment on what he runs now dude you know he's um I think I heard him say on a pod. Don't quote me on it. And and uh, Tyler probably doesn't listen to a small podcast anyway. But uh, <laughs> you'd be surprised, dude. Tyler's like, this that, is like no, Tyler's, for, yeah, it's Tyler's a great me guy. To, yeah, I've seen him quite a friends. few times on Instagram. He's helped me out yeah. a little bit here and there. Tyler's but, like maybe the most humble guy. Like, and this is some chance for me to brag about my friends, but <clears throat> like. The most humble guy, like, does not care about people coming up to hunt with in his area. Like, you know, just an ambassador for the sport, an ambassador for bird dogs and bird hunting. Like, there is not a better human being than Tyler Webster. And, like, that's just bottom line. Like, anybody, like, that I run into, I'm so happy to, like, pump his podcast. Because when I first – when he first started that podcast, it was me and him and a guy named Mike Sparrow, Hatchet Mike, in his kitchen talking about him deer hunting and us bird hunting just for fun and shits and giggles. And this year it's gone, you know, it's just incredible. But yeah, he's he's an incredible guy, an incredible ambassador for the sport. And I hope to, you know, nothing but good things with him. And this podcast continues to grow because he's the right kind of guy you want in the sport. Good. <laughs> well, so that's I, can, I agree with that. That's for the sure. Patreon page we're trying to emulate there. Mm-hmm. He's got to help, I mean, us, Ron help, Bay- us, help yeah. us pay for going on hunting. Every once 100%. <laughs> Like, I'll think I, you know, I don't want to put words in Tyler's mouth that Ron Bame is probably like the, the template that we all are kind of watching, you know, and he kind of took his right. from Meat Eater and kind of like would go down the line. But I mean, like, even like this, like even coming on here, like to meet new guys and different places in the country, that's what I'm all about. I mean, my right. my social media handle, handle is the Roaming Uplander because I love just traveling the country and meeting new guys and just hearing new aspects of like hunting in different you know, areas maybe I haven't hunted in my life and to hear about it, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a community, dude. I haven't met bad people through, 
through bird hunting, you know, like um, hunting gets kind of a bad rap this, these days in, in age, but I mean, shit, look at the panel we have here, dude, a bunch of, you know, just normal guys down to earth and, yeah. you know, bullshit right. on a Thursday night, you know. Have you seen that's the what... episodes of him and his oops puppy? Yeah, <laughs> that's the best thing, dude. The best thing is those pups. They were oops, is you know, right? They're they're you no, know, they're Robert pups, and then like a guy who you know the flush, you know Travis Frank is running one of them. <laughs> yeah, all around the country. I mean, that just goes What's to the show. Point dude. Zettos? So I mean, they're they're half setter, the point... half half German short hairs. You know, yeah. So, yeah, the point the yeah. point Zettos? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know it's like I, it's a I just remember I was on a bronze Patreon yeah. page and I saw a photo. I was like, "Oh, he's a he's a puppy. That's cool." Because like he has a wire, and I was like, "Wait a minute, that doesn't look right." <laughs> it's just like you know, like like Travis runs wire hairs, like Cody runs vishlas. I run short hairs. Wyatt runs short hairs. Like me and Michael have cockers. Like the thing that bonds us all together is like that that love of the bond between a, a bird dog and a bird hunter, right? Like that. One hundred percent. That six ounces of scent, where that dog pauses, like you hunt all season to watch that young dog go on point, and to shoot a bird over that young dog, and that like makes your whole season. That's kind of like me and Travis talking about deer hunting, right? Your whole season's made off that one shot, you know, that one let go of the arrow, and then bird hunting, you can relive that, you know, twenty, thirty, a hundred times, and it's just well, nothing if better. I can... <clears throat> If I can snowball off of that statement right there, the whole reason why I got into upland hunting is because I knew my wife wasn't going to sit there in a deer stand with me. And now I have two little girls and, you know, every day or every night we go and run our bird dogs. Like there's, you know, for inclusive being inclusive to everyone else like bird hunting is where those ends are met for sorry i went on my soapbox went on my soapbox hey. there but hey you can't that's hey, the, don't, you can't say anything ahead. like that yeah uh i took my my wife and i actually uh it was after so i work uh landscaping hardscaping and yeah and we're super busy through spring, summer, fall. Um, after the after we're done for like the last week of work, uh, my wife and I went out to Western North Dakota, and she asked to take along. I was like, "Well, I'm going out for five days. Like, I just need to get away from Grand. I need to get away from this part of North Dakota. I just yeah. need to go shoot some birds or just. <laughs> but no, she did like five days in a hotel traveling. I mean, it wasn't like it. I mean, it's only four and a half, five hours across North Dakota, but she handled that and all oh, time together, I guess. I mean, and she got her apprentice tag, so she tried shooting a pheasant first time. Yeah. And I thought I had the perfect uh, field. A wild pheasant? Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, we don't yeah. do any of that uh, pen raise stuff in North Dakota. Hey, <laughs> for, her, for her to shoot it, to try and shoot a wild pheasant, dude, is like for her first time. Right, right. You know I, mean? thought like, I, had hey. the, I thought I had the perfect field. I was like, the numbers on this field was just outrageous. Like, there was hundreds, if not, like, thousands of pheasants in this guy's piece of property. And I walked up to the door, and it happened to be an older gentleman, and I got permission. And just mentioned, my like, my wife was first time all hoping to get her a pheasant. 
Yeah. And I, I have, I'd shot two already and it was like just right after launch. And I was, well, if like she can't get a pheasant here, like we got problems. <laughs> and it, it got to be one of those things where I was like, there's so many pheasants. Like, I don't even know what to do right now. And like, you can tell they hadn't been hunted. Yeah. They were literally like we walked it was one we walked one tree row and there had to have been a couple hundred pheasants on it and they'd awesome. they'd fly up like 30 40 feet and sit back down and then the dogs come back point and there's just so many it, it got to be just pure chaos because the dogs there was so many damn birds going every which they're flying yeah. behind me in front of me to the side of me to the side of her we were both on each side i was like Oh gosh, I fucked up. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it'd have been better if there was just one bird to pick out. Like she had so many birds. And uh, I mean, for me, I was in heaven. I was like, just hip shoot. like, like, well, yeah, she was shooting. Don't worry about with that. She, she, she went through some shells. Uh, I mean, that really is like I find like the best way to get someone kind of introduced into. To bird hunting and this is kind of where like i fall like on the fence when it comes like preserves and like the put and take aspect of hunting right it's like like my fiance she, the reason the whole reason we're even together is because of my bird dog and the whole reason she's even into like you know this whole aspect of life is because of my bird dog is watching the dogs work you know and like there i think there is something i don't mean to get like hokey or whatever but there is something between like man and dog right like, there is a connection there like that's been made over like thousands of years and like <clears throat> to take a you know anybody out a first-time person and to have the dog kind of be part of like that hunting that you know in, um experience is i think a huge part of it like getting like when we talk about hunter recruitment and like getting people into hunting like i think upland hunting is probably the first step into that maybe you might throw like varmint hunting or squirrel hunting kind of day before that and like the introduction to a gun but you know what got my yeah. fiance like really into like this i mean i travel cross country i mean every year i travel from you know i guess we call montana the pacific northwest or whatever you want to call it down in the southeast and my fiance comes with me because of the dogs and i mean like i think for all of us here who have bird dogs like that that connection between the dog and the hunting is something that's different than like maybe deer hunting or elk hunting you know, what draws me to waterfowl hunting versus upland hunting, you know, is different. And that's the dog, you know, and uh, I don't know. It's cheesy, but like that connection between man and dog is, is special to me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, without a dog. 100%, you know, like I would hunt without a dog, but I don't know if I would upland hunt without a dog. You know, well, walking. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. I used to upland hunt without a dog. I used to go out. Uh, we used Used to take a family trip out uh, to Western North Dakota every year. Uh, we've done it every year. I've I've gone with every year for the last ten years, and I grew up hunting rough grouse by myself, like eight ten year old, up in Northwest Minnesota, hunting without a dog, hunting rough grouse, but they're just in my backyard. Like I could, I grew up hunting with a sharp, uh, with a pellet gun, and then, but yeah. Uh, yeah, once you get the dog, like it's when you, when you grow up without the dog, watching everybody else's dog work, you're like, oh, that's pretty freaking sweet. And then once you got your first dog, because I used to be big into like archery, archery yeah. boat, like archery deer hunting. And now, well, now I moved to North Dakota and our land's in Minnesota. So, 
buying an out-of-state license, I was like, well, I can go hunt South Dakota and Minnesota for the price of uh, a Minnesota deer tag. So Yeah. I mean, that well, kinda there's was nothing what... no more... No, go ahead, there's nothing uh, no more rewarding than seeing a dog that you you met at eight weeks, 12 weeks, whatever, and seeing that dog finally go on on point and stick a wild bird. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. I've not shot a, a deer big enough to trump that because you work so damn hard to get that dog to actually, you know, you, you reap what you sow in that thing. So you may, I don't know. That's just, I agree. Hundred percent. What you're saying. More rewarding than seeing that dog. Right. Yeah. In that's my definitely. Yeah. Like I'm new yeah, in the whole like dog breeding and dog training thing, but like I just sold a dog, <clears throat> and as I was kind of like transferring the ownership of her, I had that that thought came into my mind the first time she kind of became a bird dog, you know, and like stuck was a point. A dog. She was a started dog. Yeah. yeah. And. uh as I drove away, dude, like I, I choked up a little bit, you know, and my, my fiance choked up because it was like, dude, I took her from like, you know, four months old to a year and a half old and like made her a bird dog. And like, you know, as much as I knew it was the healthy thing for my kennel to kind of move on from her and like, you know, give her a better situation to kind of grow and become a better bird dog. Like it was tough, dude, because I do that. Those memories came into my head, you know, of like, Hey, taking her out on the prairie, like where she do nothing and kind of like, you know, starting her from nothing, but yeah. I mean, it's special, dude. Like, you know, the gentleman who I was talking about on Tyler's podcast, Mike Sparrow, who you know, Hatchet Mike. Who, if you guys listen to the podcast, you'll know who he is. Like, he has a a picture hung up in his house, and it says like the the bond between man and dog is one of loyalty, friendship, and trust. And it says dot dot dot. The my best guess is it was the dog's idea because we really yeah. don't deserve dogs, man. Like they we really don't like as loyal as they are to us. And like, as much as we put into them, as much as we expect from them and, and the expectations we put on them, you know, I just, yeah. you know, I have a soft spot for them. Dude, I like dogs more than people to be honest. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Um, when we had our first litter back in July, I mean, when I sold our first pup, I mean, granted I've, I spent every morning, day and night with, the litter almost to the point where I kind of felt like I was kind of hovering at some points yeah um, but when I sold that first pup I mean I I'm not gonna lie I, I broke down like it was so you're giving away a child pretty much almost yeah. Um, yeah but then as they got older you know the third fourth fifth pup felt like nothing like please take them um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as they get older right you're like, yeah because uh <laughs> you know as a dog breeder um I, I, I kind of missed this the Wyatt on our episode. I was like, uh, I called it the terrible sixes on week six. Like they're big, you know, mama's not cleaning up the poop and everything else and everything. <laughs> and like I'm like sneaking down to the basement, like a ninja trying to clean up the welcome box before I wake up the puppies. But if they wake up, then they're just spreading the poop everywhere. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, you, you couldn't have hit it even like more just like there's such a great connection between man and bird dog it's just it's it's hard to explain it words yeah it's something that i really feel too because i grew up with like guys who ran hounds and like they were always communicating that with me and i grew up with bird dogs like we had one bird dog in the house he was our family pet you know he was we hunted over him 
but guys with hounds would talk about like you know losing hounds and how like emotional it was and then I remember I was probably about 12 or 13 when my dad lost his first like bird dog and you would have thought me and my brother died I mean when that dog had to get put down I mean he was sobbing you know as a grown man I remember thinking like man I've never seen my dad cry before and then uh when I was a grown man and that bird dog who I'd kind of grown up with he was my dad's who I kind of grown up with when he passed you know I felt that that loss and like my favorite George uh bird dog Evans quote is like the reason you love hunting season, the paraphrase is the reason you love bird dogs. It's like, you know, that like time has bestowed the gift upon you, but time will also take it away. You know? And like, as my first dog that I kind of trained by myself is getting to be like nine, 10 years old, I'm starting to see kind of that, that back end and the idea of like, man. Yeah. Like, you yeah, know, there's only, there's only a few years left, dude, you know, <laughs> like that's hard, man. You know, I got, I got yeah. nine, but dude, like, you know, like he was, was like, it? Me through like so much, you know? Was it, I think it was Neil DeGrasse Tyson. He, uh, he was on Joe Rogan's and he said, uh, one day in our, uh, in our time is a week's in a dog. To a dog. Yeah. That yeah. stuck with me, dude. When I heard that, like it stuck yeah, with me that's... in a weird way. Cause like I grew like I'm in a world now where like people are using dogs as you know, anyone who guides knows that dogs are kind of, they're a tool, like dogs will pass, you know, dogs will pass before their prime. Dogs will pass in kind of different ways, but like the idea that like, you know, cherish the time you have with them, you know, like cherish that time because for them, time is so short, you know, like for all the gifts that bird dogs have, all the natural instincts, it seems like they don't really know that their time is short on this planet, you know, and uh, like I have nine, dude, and every one of them is special to me in a different way you know mm-hmm. it sounds kind of cheesy but yeah it really is they're all different dude. they're all different in different ways and you know cody's talking about like you know selling them like you know when you kind of get into that world as a breeder and a trainer you know it gets kind of hard because you build these emotional kind of <laughs> kind of like connections yeah. with them and then you send them off right, you know the world like they're kids you know and uh, a lot, I don't of, know, man, a lot but, of sleepless nights yeah <laughs> i asked my i asked my fiance as i was driving away from selling that that started dog I said, did I do right by her? Did I, did I do right? You know, like trying to clear that conscience that like I left her with a, someone who's like an exceptional bird dog trainer does great things. But, you know, like your conscience of a human being, you know, kind of weighs on you because they're dogs, man. They, they don't they don't have any choice. You know, they're kind of like up to our whims. But I'm rambling, dude. I'm sorry. I apologize. No. But, uh, yeah, the thing is, though, is that if you know in your heart that they're going to a good home, I mean, that helps a little bit because um, yeah. the very last pup that I sold um, that I actually did all of his paperwork and everything in AKC because he was a male dog. I kind of watched him as he developed. You know, I was I would always do a little bit of training, everything with him as they were going up, like potty training, crate training, recall, um, exposing them to birds like because um, they were coming in about that proper age for bird introduction. It was dove season here in Iowa. So I bring you know, doves that we got from hunting and everything. And uh, yeah. I'm exposing to that and he was just sharp as a tack you know I even called my dad one day and I was like this male has got it like he is something special and but the thing is I had to give him away because Maggie my the only female I had she was kind of the same way and I knew I couldn't devote enough time to either or and get the same opportunities for either or so I had to make a decision and I, I had to give him up and he went to uh, uh, a gentleman down in Missouri who hunts and uses visuals for hunting coyote 
Um, but as long as I knew he was going to hunting family and his townhouse could be used for hunting, I was okay with it. Um, but yeah, it was tough. Like I have a I have a dog right now who like <clears throat> I know isn't going to be in my future plans, but I promised the person who I got her from. I said I'll make sure that if I sell her, she'll go to a happy hunting home. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's all you can really ask for. You know, is like that the dog is able to fulfill its potential. And, you know, I had a female who I trained. I took her all the way. She was bred off my male, trained her all the way through the summer and fall, and then had to give her back to the owner, dude. And it was tough. Like, you know, it was emotional, man. You know, like she was a great dog. She, you know, if I could have picked, I had a pick of the litter and I picked another dog out of that litter and I should have picked her. Right. And so it was a tough to let her go. The heartstrings were really attached, but you know, that's part of like being a breeder and a trainer. Right. It was like, you know, you get to kind of touch them all, you know, kind of have your kind of impact on them all and then get to kind of watch and see how they grow. And it's kind of the same thing when I coach baseball, you know, like in high school level, it's like hey, you touch all the kids. That sounds well, I hope you're not touching You them. impact all the kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, where was that, where was that no, comedy spinning to come in? <laughs> you impact oh, all the kids, man. You know? I, hope, like, I hope you're not touching any kids there. <laughs> But no, seriously, you, you impact all, all the young men, you know, and you, you really want them to grow. I used to tell all the high school kids that I coach, you know, my, my, my job is to make you a good man, not a good baseball player. But same way with dogs, you know. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm rambling and stealing all kinds of time. But, yeah, right, I yeah. love dogs, we're, man. We're, I love bird dogs, dude. I do it for my business, you know, as, as my profession. You know, I love them, dude. We're, we're going to get off sad girl hour and sad <laughs> sad dog hour here, and we're going to get – Cody has named Dr. Bond. It's five, five things. <laughs> I mean, this reminds me of the episode that you and I did, man. We talked for about four hours. <laughs> yeah, probably. We didn't. Well, we didn't record before, before we hit record. But... <laughs> probably. <laughs> so the lights kicked us off. Man, it's it's Thursday night in April. What else are you gonna be doing? Bowling. Well, it's a snowstorm <laughs> here, so I got nothing going on. That, same as here, dude. There's a the snow's blowing, there. dude. Like, <laughs> we're done here. Man, it's like 80 degrees here. It's- All right, Travis, get the fuck <laughs> off of here. <laughs> well, see, my fiance, she, she's from uh, Manhattan, Kansas, or Riley County. And, like, yeah. every day she's like, guess what temperature it is down in Missouri or Kansas? I mean, down in Kansas City. Like, oh, it's probably 20 degrees warmer than it is here. So, dude, so my parents are in Southern Minnesota, it's, Minnesota, it's like 20 degrees warmer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, like, when you guys, when it's like 105 down here, I'll be uh, wishing I was up there. Well, it it'll is. still probably be like 85, 100% humidity. So, yeah. It's just like, dude, being a, being a resident in any other state, like no matter where you're at, dude, there's something to complain about. Life is never perfect, man. True. That's all right. I just yeah. tell myself we got no big bugs, no big snakes. <laughs> and this right here, hey, if life isn't perfect, hey, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Cody, what are you? Getting back into this thing, we'll bring this thing back in best we yep. can. What are your uh, five gear must haves? Yeah, so I actually kind of thought about this uh, earlier today and everything. I mean, I feel like some of it's already been kind of hit on. Um, my biggest thing is bird. Well, one of the biggest things I would say would be bird vest. Um, so, I mean, before, like in the past, I got like that Columbia, like Upland Blaze jacket, had the bird vest built in when I first started hunting and everything. Um, but then I upgraded to the strap vest. I, I got a Tenzing. Um, love that Tenzing upland vest for the longest time. I rocked that and I loved it. But then the blaze worn started to fade on it. 
I'm not 100 sure why. I mean, I've put a lot of miles through and everything. But then uh, I upgraded um, two seasons ago to the uh, Final Rise. I got the Summit series, um, and I love that best to death. Um, so I, that'd probably be uh, that's the first thing I got on my list. Um, I just you know I love the fact that it's got the two water, giant big water bottle holsters in there. Um, it's got deep pockets with the zippers and everything too, so I can easily put in a bunch of shells. Um, holds plenty of birds for me and it's durable and it's got that uh that uh, uh, lower back uh harness in there too as well so it's it's been working great for me uh number two analyst i don't know if anyone's had this yet um, but i use a dog product uh, called tough foot um i yeah. use that mainly because um i've never spray, had this... yeah the spray Yep. Yeah, I, I never had this issue with Bella in her first couple of seasons, but on season number three with her, um, I don't know if it was just maybe the lack of walks I was doing with her in the off season, but for some reason, um, she started having blown pads. And so I started doing some research, listening to podcasts and everything. Um, I listened to a lot of um, Scott Linden's podcast. Um, upland nation and uh there was an episode in there i can't remember what episode it was but he talked about um tough foot and so i started using that and ever since i started using that i've had no issues with blown paw pads nothing um i went through the whole breaking in process spraying it in every now and then um i, I sometimes bella can be a little bit of a sissy so if i can't spray it directly on her i'll put on like a cotton ball and i'll kind of dabble it up around her paws and everything and that's just worked great um, so I kind of when it gets a little bit closer to the season, I'll start kind of warming them up with that, uh, tough foot spray. Um, that's been huge for us as far as that goes. I mean, I, I kind of got that by the pallets almost here. Um, number three on mine, uh, I have the, uh, the gun dog outdoors med kit, that field kit, um, use that quite a bit. Um, if there's anything like cuts, minor stuff. Um, I mean, luckily, you know, praise God, you know, I haven't had any major injuries or anything like that. There was one time I had to break it open because Bella, um, she got her best caught on a barbed bar fence. And so when she tried to hop over it, the bar, uh, split open a piece of her skin and everything was exposed, like just above her knee. Cody, um, you said she got her vest caught, you said, so you were in a skid plate on her? Is that what you're yeah. So she had, it was like one of those cheap, like Cabela's blaze orange vests. Um, I was having a hard time with her on vests and everything. Literally every vest that she wore, she always blown through them all pretty much within half the season. Yeah. They're already shredded. Granted, you know, I was going cheap, so that's probably the reason why. Uh, but yeah, she got snagged on one of the barbed wire fences. And I guess she tried getting out of it herself. By the time I got to her and she got cut just above uh, her, I think it's her back right leg. Um, by the time I got to her, she already had a nice big old gash on there. So I had to go to that and get stitches for that. So yeah. But no, that's something I go back and forth about, dude. Is like running a, a skid plate on them, mm -hmm. like the cockers too, because like me and Mike were talking about, you know, the kind of the cockle burrs in the armpit and then kind of that chest area. Yeah. But um, I kind of go back and forth because like if you don't get it fit right, the snow kind of gets cut down in there, caught down in there, and it kind of keeps yeah. it close to their body. Whereas like that's kind of the whole point of for me is mm -hmm. running the short hairs in the winters, like keeping that snow and the moisture off that center of mass yeah but i kind of go so back and like, forth man i feel like sometimes the vests are more uh harm than good when it comes to the snow because i feel like yeah me too it can get down in there and then it just becomes ice right on their chest and yeah then, like 
anybody that runs a short hair knows they have like nothing there. So yeah, that's why I went away from it. Cause when I first moved to North Dakota, I, I ran the vest on him on my older short hair. And then I went away from it cause I found that the snow would get like literally packed in there, you know, in that little, I mean, it was maybe a, a half inch gap, but the snow would get caught up in there and it'd stay close to a center of mass. And I kind of went away from it and even on the waterfall situations, but <clears throat> the cockers, I'm kind of like, interested in maybe possibly going back but i haven't found a brand yet that kind of sticks real close to the the body you know mm-hmm. so i kind of had that same kind of issue too first trying to find a vest and uh i'm this is kind of a plug right but like our that cougar vest no, like one of our sponsors thing. you know like i it's kind Baseball of fun, it's, it's the only vest that i've ever actually C-U-G-A. like put on willow yeah c-u-g-a it's the first one I've ever actually put on my uh, dog Willow that actually fits her nice, nice and snug. And it's not like super loose because I tried a uh, one of those Shields vests in the mm-hmm. smallest size they had. But the arms, like the armholes are so big if she tried to jump over something. Sometimes all of a sudden she has three legs because the one gets caught in the vest. Same yes. issue I ran into with, the, with yeah. the Bass Pro and the Cabela's brand, which was like, you know, <clears throat> the neck and then the, the armholes were too big. And mm-hmm. they were just getting too much snow caught in there. And then like, I was afraid that, like, you know, a, a limb, you know, fence post or something like that get caught up in it and they get caught on it, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, say, I guess I can't say anything with my cougar vest because I put it on rigs once. The first hunt we went on, it was a tour from, like, the neckline down to the chest line. So. Yeah, I had a Cabela's one that I ran for years on my older short hair, but – um. <clears throat> You know, like again, it was just like the snow got more trapped. I feel like it did more harm than good. I so I just do it just because of the, the amount of barbed you run into in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. I also so, run like yeah. when it's warm outside too. Shields has a, uh, it's like a skid plate, but it's not the Shields brand. I can't think of the name of it right now. Uh, yeah, you'll see it there. It's just sitting in the plastic bag basically, and it's called just a skid plate. Yeah. And I think you, yeah. Yeah. And you like, it honestly just protects the stomach, so it's warm out. So yeah, I'm sure you overheated. guys hunt North Dakota a bunch. Yeah, like you so know, in North Dakota nice. or even Montana, you hunt those tree rows, and then you'll have like that blowdown in the middle, mm-hmm. and then the cockers will run through there, and then like their whole, you'll see their whole stomach up to the chest is just you know raw. Yeah, which you mm-hmm. know, like, and I'll run, I'll use the, um, I can't remember the name of the brand now, but it's pretty much pad, you know, pad wax. I'll literally cake my cocker's whole stomach up in it because, you know, running through those tree rows, which, you know, is some of the best hunting in North Dakota, you know, is on those tree rows in between the, the fields and it'll tear them up, you know, running through there. Makes me feel kind of, you know, I'm trying to figure out a way to get something that's better than the skid plate or the wax, but it's been yeah. kind of a little bit of an uphill battle. Yeah. Anything same. else you got, Cody? Uh, a couple other ones. Um, so with my whole, um, personal training background, so for college, um, my degree was in exercise science and wellness and everything. So nutrition is kind of a big thing. Um, snacks is obviously important. Um, so actually when I was hunting for, uh, down in Kansas for quail and everything, um, my future father-in-law introduced me to these tuna packs. It's like a whole little kit that comes yes. with like the tuna, the crackers, the pickle relish, the mayonnaise. Yeah. Bowl that's like tuna? To snack. Yep. What was that? Yeah, I said bumblebee tuna. Yep. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's just like a nice little complete snack to kind of just chow down on in between fields and everything. For um, you, you're talking about for the dogs. 
for me personally. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if we have a successful yeah, yeah, yeah. hunt, I mean, I'll stop at McDonald's, get them the plain hamburger and everything. If they do, yeah, good. yeah. Uh, My oldest, he get he recognized a Burger King logo across the street. <laughs> it's like Cody. We're gonna have to call you the Hunting Traveler. I know he gets his dogs uh, chicken nuggets on the regular. I think. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I have no so my my dad when I was growing up and everything we used to watch outdoor channel Des Young had a hunting show. Um, his motto was never spoil your gun dog. Well, I'm the opposite. I'm always spoil your gun dog. <laughs> um. So yeah, you know, healthy snacks <laughs> help, dude. Especially if you're married, you know, like. You just... <laughs> oh shoot! But yeah, snacks is a big thing. Um, and then obviously whiskey or beer, uh, for us, you know, I, I'm a big fireball guy straight from the bottle. Um, or even yes. uh, we have a local Iowa distillery around here. Um, it's called Prairie fire. And to me, it, it's better than fireball. It tastes like hot tamales. Uh, so Ooh. there's that. Uh, my dad's a big bushlight apple guy. So, I mean, he, he will buy it by the pallet. Pretty much. So we're, we're big into bushlight apple here in Iowa. So we're, we're basically, we'll, we'll hoard it. You're not boycotting right now. I mean, I'm switching to Yingling, so there you go. <laughs> you can't you can't go wrong with that stuff anyway. So no, no, no. Um, but yeah, I'm a big whiskey guy. So I mean, bird dog whiskey, prairie fire, fireball, screwball. I mean, if it's whiskey or you know, that's, that's me. I'm pretty sure prairie fire is one of those shots that your buddies buy you on your. 21st birthday it, isn't it that is like supposed yeah, to be tequila shitty? it's it's like tequila and hot sauce oh is that what it is oh maybe it's yeah. not the same thing yeah no <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'll got... show you if i had a bottle but i mean like the say... would, there's like an apple pie there's prairie fire i mean it's it's good stuff but we also do um which i told wyatt this um ice hole butterscotch schnapps oh you can't go wrong with that so oh man I'm it's a like peppermint schnapps guy. In the layout blind, I know Eric left, but in the layout blind, the peppermint schnapps on a cold day. <laughs> Good stuff. Whatever keeps you warm, right? Yeah. Uh, so what are you drinking and... down in Missouri there, Travis, besides Coors Light? But really, you should be drinking Bush Light, but I know why you're drinking Coors. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Got to stand for something. Uh, <laughs> man. <laughs> I'm a cheap beer kind of guy. I mean, I'm not going to lie. My dog's name is Natty. It's named after natural light. This dude right here is named Bud after (laughs) Budweiser. So I'm like completely fucked when it comes to that whole aspect. (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, we run run a cow-calf operation over here. So, I mean... These dogs eat healthy when it comes. I mean, we supplement our food. Yeah. We feed Victor, and then we feed, like, one cup of Victor, and the rest of it is beef and rice. Or, you know, I keep all the scraps off the deer. It's deer and rice. I They eat healthy. So, there, there ain't nothing vegetarian about these dogs. I mean, that's like me. Like, I, especially during the hunting season, like, I'll boil a chicken. And that broth is going on their food for a week, oh, yeah. two weeks, you know, like the fat. I mean, all that extra stuff. Me and my fiance used to, you know, make whatever. But all that extra, you know, that gets usually gets thrown out or made into whatever. 
Just going to the dogs. It's like you were talking about Mike earlier about like carrying water. It's like you say once for you and once for the dogs, but <clears throat> really they're both for the dogs, you know? Right. Yeah. I'll get my water when I get back to the truck. <laughs> oh, I actually I had a Travis? question for you. What's up? I say, so your dogs are grass fed then, right? Oh boy. Yeah, and grain finished. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this podcast is taking a way, young way to sell. All right, so that does it for the second part and the final part of the Upland Nomads Beer 30 episode. There's still an hour of content left that we had to leave out to fit this into two parts. So if you want to see the full unedited version with an extra hour of audio and video, go ahead and check out our Patreon at the Upland Nomads podcast. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the next one.